Hello everyone, and welcome to Queer Beats to Overanalyze and Get Anxious To. This is a weekly music podcast that focuses on artists that aren't heterosexual and or cisgender. I am your queer host, Ben Wayne, and I use he, him pronouns. Now, let's talk some tunes. This week's episode is about the 1996 album Dilate by Annie DeFranco. Fun fact, I did not know dilate was a word. I thought it was like a misspell of dilate, but it just turns out I'm an idiot. Anyways, Annie DeFranco is a very prolific singer-songwriter that mostly strays in the genres of folk and rock, and she's been active for over three decades, starting in 1990, releasing every album independently through her own record label, Righteous Babe Records, which is impressive not only for her starting out with her own record label at age 19, there was no way I would be able to manage anything at 19, let alone now where I'm almost 30 and I still struggle with that. Regardless, it's also the fact that she was able to reach an audience without the additional help of the internet and social media, especially in the beginning. It was literally word of mouth. And I just think that's really impressive and commendable. The last thing that's really impressive about her, I think, is the fact that she has not stopped making music since she started. She usually releases an album every one to two years. I know for the past, I want to say six or seven years, she's only had a couple. Definitely near the beginning of her career, she had one every year. So it kind of just averages out to about one or two, one new album every one or two years. I selected this album because I came across her while perusing queer artists in my never-satiated quest for new music. And while finding a list of bisexual artists, her name sparked a bit of a memory that I think I'd heard her before. So I looked into it, and I looked up, you know, recommended albums, and Dilate was critically acclaimed. And obviously it's really good because I picked it for me to cover. I also think it's important that I comb through more of a backlog of older queers and, you know, the generations before us that were making music and were out. And I'm not talking about, you know, like, I think it was Barry Manilow that, like, came out after his career was kind of, it didn't really affect him. And Elton John, Freddie Mercury, and David Bowie already get as much attention, and they definitely deserve it. But, you know, especially queer women, them getting in the spotlight is very different. Um, And she has been been an out bisexual since 1992, and a couple of the songs I cover will be talking about kind of her sexual identity, and so I think it's important to not only honor the generations before us, but also just be mindful that queer music didn't just start happening in like the 2010s. So the songs I've chosen are Untouchable Face, Superhero, Shameless, and Adam and Eve. So we open the album with Untouchable Face, which talks about the anger and frustration at an ex moving on and finding a new love, and the added pain of knowing that that relationship is good. One of her lyrics in the song is, and you look perfect together. So it's it's that added pain of, you know, those memories of a thing you had on top of, oh, I'm kind of feeling morose and shitty, but you seem happy. And, you know, it's on the receiving end of the, you know, the best way to move on or a best form of revenge, whether or not it is revenge, is to be happy. So a lot of it is just externalized anger at, you know, the the anger of I can't touch you, I can't be with you, and I can't express these feelings that in the past were so natural to express, now they're not there anymore. And having to readjust to that dynamic after the relationship is over. And it's difficult. And I totally feel her for being frustrated and lashing out at this person. It's 
it's your fault for my current pain. And I really like the lyric, you know, I don't look forward to seeing you again. You'll look like a photograph of yourself taken from far, far away. And I interpret that lyric as her meeting this person, but you know, the the, the outline and the core of this person is the same, but the surroundings, the clear lines that maybe in your own head you have identified this person that fits within them are blurred because you don't have that intimate knowledge anymore. And so it's kind of like this, I'm struggling to move on and I don't want to see that you already have. Then we have the anthem for avoidant people called Superhero. It definitely cuts to me personally because I... If you are aware of attachment styles, I have a fearful avoidant attachment style in the sense of, I really, really want you, I want this intimacy, but the second I get it, oh no, you're way too close, I need to push you away. And so I definitely vibe with the pushing away because this song talks about how she feels safe because she's closed off and she's a superhero, so no one can hurt her, not even herself. But after needing this person, she now feels human. You know, she conflates not being able to feel hurt and by extension anything else as a positive thing that makes her kind of above everyone else, above these petty humans, because I'm a superhero and no one can hurt me. And while that's safe, it's not really fulfilling and you're not really happy because then no one can get to know you or really get inside those walls you've put up. And I mean, the, the, almost, I don't want to say disdain, but definitely her views of emotions are very clear because she compares the emotions and feelings to mass-produced corporate consumables like greeting cards and TV channels. I think she says something like, I found religion in the greeting card aisle. She's not seeing as emotions and identities being unique to the person they're with or valid. It's just a very condescending of, oh, you feel sad like all the other people that feel sad. Oh, you're hurt like everyone else, but I can't feel those things because I'm a superhero. Again, with the the theme of externalized anger being placed at this person of basically like, you got past my walls and you made me feel things. I'm uncomfortable because now I have to face these feelings I have when in the past I was able to avoid them or lock them away or not experience them. And she also talks about her smoke and mirrors and her tricks. So kind of this this game that she plays with this person of you you got through the smoke and mirrors and you got past the mask to find the real me. And that, as a person who has that kind of avoidant attachment, is fucking terrifying because then it's a sense of destabilization of your core in a sense of like, oh no, this person knows this about me. And so they have the ammunition to destroy me. And it kind of fades and is softer in the end, and I see that as kind of a contemplative acknowledgement that that may not be the worst thing. The best guitar riff on the album, in my opinion, comes from our next song, Shameless. And I think this song is about her either having an affair with another woman and or just her relationship with a woman. And the, the, the first lyric is literally, I cannot name this. So it could be her either saying, I can't name this identity or this label because then I'm trapped because she says later on in the song, the there's a lyric about they went into a room with four walls and no door and kind of the once you say that feels literal of just like you put yourself in a box, but that maybe that's what she was getting out of. Once I identify this thing, I am placed in this box and either I'm not ready or I don't want to accept it rather than being called 
called, you know, lesbian, bisexual, or any of those derogatory terms as opposed to naming it, she'd rather just be shameless and just be seen in that way because I think it is easier for her to compartmentalize that these judgments, they say I'm shameless, which whatever, I don't care. But if they're they're based on, you know, an aspect of my identity as, I don't know if the kids still say this, but it hits different. It may be, you know, fears of embracing this sexuality. And I know earlier I said she came out as bisexual in 92 and this was released in 96, but that doesn't mean those fears go away. That doesn't mean that you're suddenly immune to having these kind of fears and thoughts. And also, you know, she could have written this a while ago and decided to refine it and perform it. I don't know. She she talks about having to live in that binary of having to know quote unquote right with quote unquote wrong, and I'm assuming the the straight versus other argument and the confusion that can cause and also the pain and almost suffocating claustrophobia it can produce. And before she gets any feelings or develops anything further, it's almost like a defense mechanism of, oh no, 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 go back to your heteronormative life, say that I was the one that convinced you. You can call me shameless. This is my fault. And just almost instant regret. Throughout the song, she talks about an imaginary line and going up against it and rubbing up against it and breaking the skin. And I think that's what she means. Going right up to the edge of fully embracing that sexuality or even that relationship on a personal level and getting almost to the point of actually breaking that or crossing the edge. But then it may legitimately be for safety reasons. Because again, 90s weren't that great. Uh, for queer people. They're not great for queer people now, but even more so back then. So she could be taking the blame because she cares about this person and literally fears for this person's safety and is willing to take the fall. And now we have Adam and E, which dives into the dynamics of a one-night stand between her and a man. She talks about the ways in which for just a moment they are perceived as equals. I think in the first verse she talks about being on her level as his little whore. Dirty talk is a thing and consensual degradation is also a thing of saying certain words. I think it's a really interesting way in which that he stoops to her level and she relates that to the first sin of Adam and Eve in that the the belief, I could be wrong because I'm not super versed in a lot of religion, but the first sin is that Eve ate the apple and then I think Adam lied to God about it. And I think it's really interesting that she mixes this incredibly dirty and kind of grimy sexual encounter with what is perceived as pristine and beautiful, almost porcelain clean visage of Christianity, specifically with Adam and Eve, and kind of melding them together of she is Eve and he's Adam, and so he is quote-unquote innocent of the encounter. So it's a one-night stand, but somehow he, he can play it off like it somehow happened to him, and you know, she convinced him or tricked him with her wily ways of womanhood, whatever the fuck that means. And also this this thing of the, the first sin being a continual scene with a lot of these sexual dynamics of one-night stands or hooking up with people in that the man gets the luxury of being able to accept or deny responsibility. There are times when she talks about, like, I didn't consent to this game because it's it's kind of a game of 
the men have the power to dictate the the complete narrative before and after the entire scene but in in that moment they are on maybe not the same level but on a very similar level in that kind of sexual experience and it's heartbreaking in a way of her almost taking a snippet of what may have been the norm for her and perhaps women and feminine people throughout. Cool, we had sex, we had that moment of connection, but now it's back into I am less than, I am not really a human, I'm an object for you to use how you wish. But now it is time for me to wrap it up. Thank you so much for listening. And please feel free to reach out with your own interpretations, opinions, or queer music recommendations on Instagram at Queer Beats Podcast. Or you can shoot me an email to queerbeatspodcast at gmail.com. I'm also on Twitter at Queer Beats Podcast. I hope you have a great day and you keep those positive vibes going. Take care.